Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and a lot has happened since our last episode that we released on Wednesday. Sports leagues have been suspended. Pro days have been canceled that would normally give NFL teams a chance to scout possible draft picks. We haven't heard yet if the NFL is delaying the start of the new league year, which is set for Wednesday. And uh, things have been changing pretty quickly, so we'll see how that happens. By the time we get done recording, uh, maybe maybe things will be different. And joining me to talk about everything going on is Ross Bell from the First and Ten NFL Podcast. Ross, how you doing? Well, I'm really good, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you for having me back on. Um, it's been weird. It's a weird weekend. There's been no sport in the UK at all. I'm not really sure what to do with myself. <laughs> I, I think people are struggling with that too. I see. I can understand, you know, canceling the the big group gatherings, but uh, you know, when they're yeah. canceling PGA, like that's there, there's no spectators that really add to the the dynamics of a PGA event. I mean, it's just a little bit of clapping uh, usually yeah. after a after a golf shot. So that that one's the weird thing to me. But yeah. I, I suppose there's a lot that goes into it. Other people that need to be there too. But yeah, weird having no sports at all. Yeah, you can pipe that clapping in as well if you're. I mean, the Falcons did it, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we still have some NFL things to talk about, and as of yet, there is no delay to free agency, and uh, teams are going to be able to start talking to other players as early as Monday. So uh, there's uh, other big news in the NFL as the collective bargaining agreement was announced that it had passed by only 60 votes, a very tight margin, but that means... There is an agreement between the players and the NFL owners that goes through the year 2030. So uh, plenty of plenty of time before we have to worry about this again, Ross. Yeah, the future. I was getting I was getting a little bit concerned because a lot of all the tweets I saw from players, especially like JJ Watt was saying is that hard no to that CBA um, proposal. Russell Wilson was a no to it as well. Bobby Wagner was against it. There, there were a lot of. Definitely a lot of star players against it. And it was interesting to me. I went and, and listened to Luke Wilson was on the local 710 ESPN. And Most he talked about sports. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he was talking about how he seemed to think it was a good deal, especially for guys on the lower end of the pay scale, because the players at the bottom of the pay scale, 65% make the minimum salary in the NFL and they're getting yeah. a 20% increase in pay. Now, there's the uh, potential added game that's going to come as early as 2021 or as late as 2023. I guess it's interesting that there's a window there. Apparently, if it doesn't happen uh, by 2023, then they're not going to get a 17th game. But obviously, the owners are going to want a 17th game because they're they're going to make more money that way. So exactly, I don't think they're losing any money on, uh, on this deal. Obviously, the owners were getting 53% of the league revenue that's down to 52. So the players get an extra percent there, but because of the added extra regular season game, potentially they are expanding NFL playoffs. That's going to start in 2020. So there's going to be seven teams that make the playoffs out of each conference. Now that's my issue. That's what I don't like about this. I think the playoffs should be more exclusive, not more inclusive. I don't want seven and nine teams in there. Like it was great when we were there seven, nine and we beat the Saints. That was fantastic. But <laughs> like, I don't want that every season. I want the I want it to just be the best teams that are there. Yeah. And I think someone went back and did an analysis of who would get in uh, going back at least 10 years and no yeah. seven and nine team would have gotten in. Now the Pittsburgh Steelers would have gotten in last year at eight and eight, but really the only seven and nine teams that have made it in recent history 
even with the, the current format, are the division winners. And yeah. with the with these changes, obviously, the division winners always are, are going to have uh, they're always going to get in and have a home game. So I agree with you. I definitely don't want losing teams getting into the playoffs, especially as that seventh team. But what do you think to the, um, the, the just one boy team in each, each division, not each conference? Yeah, just the best team now gets yeah. the buy. The first week of the playoffs has the buy. So it's definitely an incentive. It makes it more of an incentive. Mm. I guess I could take it or leave it. I think of all the times that the Seahawks have gotten a first round buy, actually, it has been that they've earned the number one seed. And yeah. so whether that's you know back in 2005 or 2013 and 2014, they've always had the number one seed. So they've never had the number two seed. Kind of interesting. But uh hmm. I, I, I'm fine with the six games. I, I really didn't. I, I haven't been thinking to myself, gee, you know, I wish another team could have made it in. And I think the Rams, wouldn't the Rams have made it in this year? Oh, God. We don't want that. We just don't want that. I know. That's that's probably <laughs> why I'm so against this. <laughs> yeah, I think overall, I think it's, it's probably a good thing that they've passed it through. The players uh, at the low end of the rosters get a bit more money, which is good because... All you ever see is the big flashy contracts, the huge multi-million dollar deals, but it's the guys that are there that are doing the, the same amount of work and not getting paid the same amount of money because they're not the talented skilled players. It's a, it's good that they get a bit more every week. 10 years is a long time, though. I, I feel like that's just a long time to negotiate a deal and then have it work, especially when you consider that some of these players, I mean, the, the careers are so short for so many of these guys. You know, three, yeah. two, three, four years, these minimum guys, you know, that's about the time that the entire time that they'll play in the NFL. Yeah, that's that's their entire career and they're stuck within the rules that are in place at that time. It does seem a, a long time. Was it 11 years since the last one when the, the league kind of. It feels it, like it's it, been it shorter than that. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But I remember the, the outcry last time was I remember listening to podcasts where there was there's nothing to talk about but the CBA. So. At least it has, it has been passed and football's going to happen. Yeah. So thinking back, it was 2011 when the NFL had the lockout that uh, it lasted until July 25th. Yeah. So that was the year that Richard Sherman was uh, was drafted in the fifth round. And yeah, they didn't. I, I knew Richard Sherman that had to. I seem to place him along with the last lockout. So that makes sense that he was drafted in 2011. Yeah. They were locked out, and then they had to show up to, to training camp just kind of around the usual time after they ended the lockout in July. So, yeah, don't have to worry about that this time, though. Yeah, exactly. All the guys we're going to draft, we're going to be superstars, come straight in from day one and be there with the rest of the team. Well, I think it is good news for fans, maybe not so great news, especially you know when you do see a lot of the star players kind of upset about the whole deal. Increased fines for holdouts. I can see that being a, a pretty bad point when it comes to star players, especially running backs who yeah. don't tend to get paid. You know, if, if they have to now try because their best opportunity is trying to hold out when they get to their fourth and fifth year and yeah. and try and get their salary before their last season, because teams are they're just trying to use up running backs and then move on to the next guy. And now with them increasing fines for holdouts, I think it's it's good news for the fans because I know we don't generally like holdouts, but we do want to see players, you know, make as much as they can. So it, it's kind of, it's a conflict. Yeah, definitely. You want those guys to get paid, especially the running backs, do an awful lot of work. But yeah, they do seem to be just disposable. Teams just see them as uh, you can just rotate through these guys. They're not really that important. Even the the superstars, really. 
A lot of people wondering how that 17 game season is going to work out with home games. Uh, one thought is, is that one conference will get the extra home game and then they'll alternate years or maybe just uh, do the neutral site game thing that that hasn't quite worked out yet. But uh, an interesting maybe maybe with you being over in England, Ross, uh, you'll see an increase in games over there. As long as it's not Jack's games, that's fine. <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> see if I see many of them. <laughs> not uh, not looking good for the Jacksonville Jaguars as Calais Campbell was just announced uh, a trade to the Baltimore Ravens. So there's one of their star players who won't be back in Jacksonville next year. Yeah, but when they were the, the next big thing, that lasted for two months, didn't yeah, it? It did not last long. And <laughs> yeah, Nick Foles already it sounds like he could be on the way out with Gardner Minshew being the guy. And I, I was a little bit surprised to see Calais Campbell traded for just a fifth round pick but uh and especially with the team like the seahawks as you hear them throw out Calais campbell as the mold of the interior defensive lineman that they'd like to have yeah i would have given them a fifth even a fourth for a man that i mean he's in his 30 i think he's 33 but he's still a game record last yeah, year he's 34 now but he did get a two-year 27 million dollar contract from the ravens it looks like 20 million dollars guaranteed he was set to make 15 million this upcoming season. So he, he does, he gets a little bit more guaranteed now going to Baltimore. Yeah, fair play. They're, they're looking fearsome then if they've added him to that defensive line. We will look to see what the Seahawks will do here coming up. And gosh, you know, this could be a big Sunday now for teams, for the guys just waiting to see if the CBA would pass. And now players getting the final offer here before free agency starts. You know, one of the things, and uh, John Gilbert wrote about this on fieldgoals.com, is that the Seahawks tend to release players before the new league year actually starts. And it usually comes yeah. on that Friday uh, before the year starts. And so we're, we're kind of watching whether or not guys like Justin Britt or KJ Wright, uh, DJ Fluker, Ed Dixon, those were four names that I think people have been kind of watching to see if they might get released. Uh, Tedrick Thompson, another one of those players who is set to make a little bit more that uh, Seattle could look to release. But uh, as far as it went this last week, very quiet for the Seahawks. Nobody nobody let go. No, it seems to be the guys that are here, they're, they're coming back next year. This is the this is the time we released uh, Malik McDowell last year, wasn't it? And usually when they do release guys, especially later in the offseason, you know, after the draft, it's usually guys who are, are injured, like Doug Baldwin, Cam Chancellor. I think those came in May, so... Uh, are, were you surprised at all not to see any of those guys let go? Not, not really. To be honest, I think they've all they all they've all still got a role in the team. Maybe Ed Dixon could have gone, and I wouldn't have been too disappointed to see him leave. He's not really. Did he play at all last year? He did not play at all last no. year. He had just he had just gotten taken off the injured reserve list, and was and I don't know if he got hurt in practice that week or what happened, but then they put him on season-ending IR right away. So yeah, we've we've got another old injured Panthers tight end now instead. So we can, re <laughs> we can replace Dixon with Nelson and be fine. I'm, I'm happy that we've kept KJ and Fluker. I think they've still got something to offer the team. Fluker had a slightly down year, but he's, he's the best guy on that right side of the, the offensive line we've got. So let's keep him around. And the cap savings for Fluker was not real high. I think you know, he's set to make two, three million dollars this year. So yeah, he'd gone and started somewhere else in the league. So why, keep, why not just keep him? Speaking of uh, busted up tight ends, who uh, <laughs> it was interesting to see that the Seahawks brought in Jordan Reed, the Washington tight end who has had a history of concussions 
and he's looking to continue playing in the NFL and the, and the Seahawks met with him. And yeah, I guess if you're going to have a bunch of uh, <laughs> tight ends with injury issues, then, then you just bring them all in. I suppose <laughs> they can play two games each and we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. So I really like Jordan Reed. I always fall for the Jordan Reed uh, into that trap every year of fantasy, pick him up and inevitably he gets injured with a concussion and I have to scramble for some other guy. But he can he can still play. He had no quarterbacks last year when he was playing. So I think a guy like Wilson could make him something. But then we've also got yeah Greg Olson and Uncle Will. So I think we're fine for tight ends. It is interesting to see them bring in. I guess you know you want to check and see. Uh, he was a uh, a guy who was released. So you know a lot of these players that can be brought in now are players who yeah they were let go and they aren't going to count against compensatory draft picks. The Seahawks like to play that game. Obviously, they picked up three. Yeah, uh, for uh, for 2020. So I, I like the way they go about business. They're, they're always looking. They're never content with what they've got. They always want to just check out a guy just in case they can get some value from him. So, yeah, Ross, as we're talking here, it, it looks like Ryan Tannehill is re-signed by the Titans. So this is maybe maybe we picked the bad time to be doing this now with the CBA being signed. <laughs> now everything's going to happen by the time we get done with the show. Everything's going to be outdated. So let's let's take a quick break. I do want to talk about some of the players that have been released ahead of free agency. A lot of those coming last week. So let's get into that. And we'll talk about some coaching changes with the Seahawks coming up after the break. And we're back. Ross Bell of the first and 10 NFL podcast joining me on the show today. And we're talking CBA, talking free agency, just as the, the, we see some signings coming across the wire. Tannehill, obviously a big name for the Titans, especially with the Titans being a place for Tom Brady to potentially continue his career. So uh, that will uh, have to be maybe likely back in New England. Seems like the most likely place where whereas I, I don't know if he doesn't end up in New England, Ross, where do you think where do you see Tom Brady going? Las Vegas, baby. <laughs> <laughs> John Gruden would love that, wouldn't he? That, have that is true. That that would That's be perfect signing. That would be for them. That would be interesting. I th- I think <laughs> I would. You know what? I think I'd actually like to see that. <laughs> the final year of his storied career ended him with a five and eleven record and a for <laughs> a terrible Raiders Raiders team. Okay, well, with all the let's move back to the Seahawks and with all of the the potential news that could come on Sunday with re-signings ahead of free agency. Who is the one Seahawk that you would that you just you don't want to see his name back on the Seahawks next year? <laughs> Anyone that's seen me on any sort of Seahawks Facebook group will know the man himself is Jermaine Lefetti. He can leave and never return to Seattle for me. That would be fantastic. That would probably be the the most difficult one to take, especially if it's for anything more than well. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, I don't. I have a hard time League coming up minimum, with a number. Right? I, you know, I was trying to go with a number on the fly, and then I just I couldn't come up with one. And so I look at some of these guys that were released last week, Ross, yeah. and uh, right tackle Rick Wagner from yep. Detroit. You know, he got one of the richest contracts back in 2017 for a free agent right tackle released by the Detroit Lions. He's a guy who he was probably scheduled to make somewhere around 10 million dollars this coming year. And yeah. uh, he's a guy that I could see because usually when a team's releasing a guy, he's not going to he's not going to make more. Yeah. I went back and I looked at Wagner's last few years since he was with Detroit and he had one down year. This last year was his one down year. And I I always kind of bang on the, the table about these guys that, you know, 
you could have a bad year every now and then, and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you're trending downward. I mean, Trey Flowers, you know, he's a younger player for sure. I, I think once you get toward the the older end, people start to wonder, you know, with guys like Xavier Rhodes, with the Vikings, who was released. But uh, a guy like Wagner, I, I could see him coming in and being uh, just as solid as or even better than Afedi's been the last few years. Yes. Now, Afedi was better last year, but it, better than what it previously been is not a, a high bar to clear, right. fortunately for him. Um, yeah, I think it's just time to move on. Not picking up his fifth-year option is a sign for me that his, he's not going to get a deal and they're going to let him walk out the door. And yeah, Rick Ragnar, there's other tackles out there. Cordy Glenn's out there, who's not, again, not a fantastic player, but could pro- probably come in and do a job of right tackle. I just want to see it a bit more secure on that right-hand side. The Cordy Glenn news was interesting to me because, obviously, with George Fant wanting to hit the free agent market and wanting to play left tackle, I feel like now he has a little bit more competition with Cordy Glenn of the Bengals being released. And I think he's probably going to I would expect him to be more of a target as a left tackle than George Fant. I mean, someone might have got a fan as a tight end. You never know. But, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's players out there that we can kind of shuffle in and see how they fit within the, the offensive line. I, I liked Fant when he came in last season. I think he did well. He did a good job. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to start him over Dwayne Brown. No. And he might be one of those guys that they would consider a right tackle. But with Fant being pretty steadfast with the idea that he wants to play left tackle, that could mean that he leaves the Seahawks. That'll be something to watch here coming up. If this, yeah. uh, if he's one of the first wave guys that go this week, or if he's uh, someone down the road. So, out of these guys who were released last week, Ross, uh, who who do you have your eye on? There's some interesting names. Like Brandon Mebane's available, and for a low low price, I'd bring him back as a bit of an experience in that uh, defensive line. But the one that jumps out to me is Linval Joseph. Yeah, but he's uh, he's only 31 years old. He was a, kind of a superstar player for the that Vikings defensive line, which was much vaunted a couple of years ago. Maybe didn't have the best season last year and has been released because he was earning a lot of money. But if we could get him in to do a job, that would be, that would be acceptable for me. Yeah. Me Bain was interesting to me. Another former Seahawk that was released. Jimmy Graham, that name caught my eye. He was released <laughs> by the Packers. Obviously he's had a couple of disappointing stints. You know, a lot of these guys, I wonder if me Bain, if he'll go ahead and retire um, or if he's going to be interested in, in doing one more season before he's yeah, done. Yeah, he's 35, yeah, but possibly. He's definitely up there. Uh, the Tennessee Titans releasing a lot of players. Delaney Walker, I know he's about retirement age. Uh, Cameron Wake, though, defensive end. He could have a year or so left in him. Yeah, he had a decent season last year. Yeah, and they also released Dion Lewis, who was a third down running back for the Titans. Uh, probably not worth the contract that he was under, but... You know, yeah. if the Seahawks are looking for a, a potential third down back, the, the Lewis would be an interesting guy. He's not someone you can, well, he's probably more reliable than CJ Process. <laughs> right. Yeah. He will make the field. <laughs> yes. He was, he will not get injured and he will uh, stay on the field. And yeah, when he was in New England and his first season in uh, Tennessee, he was a, an explosive change of pace back. So yeah, it would be an interesting name to bring him in. See, now if. I would probably be upset if if Eddie were resigned by the Seahawks, but I would be incredibly shocked and upset if CJ Procise were resigned by the Seahawks. <laughs> I was a CJ Procise uh, truther for a couple of years at the start of his career. That that touchdown against the Eagles, where he did injure himself, apparently, <laughs> uh, that was fantastic, and I always thought he could have been a, a good player. But yeah, I just 
don't bring him back. Cut ties now. I'd rather bring back Robert Servan, to be honest, than Procise now. Or even Marshall. Yeah, bring back Marshawn. Why not? <laughs> bring back Marshawn, bring back Meebane, bring back Michael Bennett, <laughs> Bruce Irvin's out there. Uh, maybe Clinton McDonald is available. We we just let's let's get the 2013 band back together and uh and we'll make another run. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm all for it. Well, speaking of bringing the 2013 band back together, how about making a run with a piece from the Jim Mora Jr. year? <laughs> Aaron Curry is back as a full-time member of the Seahawks. Although it's as a member of the coaching staff as he's promoted to full-time defensive assistant. Firstly, I need to applaud you for that transition. That was superb. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're the professional, I'm not. But yeah, yeah, he's back full-time defensive assistant. He was a, a linebacker's coaching assistant last year. Yeah, um, Austin Davis is now Russell Wilson's quarterback coach. That is wild. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't know who that would be more weird for. <laughs> Austin Davis now coaching Russell Wilson on how to be better or when he was just backing him up uh, just a couple of years ago. He's only 25 years old. What is he teaching Russell? (laughs) I don't understand. I suppose there's things. It's like being, you know, to go back to the golf analogy uh, since we were talking about golf early on. I think there's things that you can probably see as a swing coach. Uh, when you mm. look at somebody else's golf swing, like, you might not have the best one, but you know how it's supposed to look. Yeah, and that's what oh, yeah. I—that's what I have to go to, I think, with Austin Davis as the <laughs> as the quarterbacks coach. Because I mean, be you done. could say that about any of these guys. You know, Brian Schottenheimer wasn't some great quarterback, and so there's no. there's quarterback coaches throughout the league that were never stellar quarterbacks. So they just have to have that eye for what it's supposed to look like. I think. Yeah, the guru is that uh, Jordan Palmer fellow, isn't it? Who isn't nowhere near as good as his brother. Yeah, he's kind of the guy that Aaron Rodgers goes to see and Tom Brady goes to see. So right. yeah, it's yeah, this is definitely a career for some people. And yeah, fair play, Austin Davis. Some other coaching changes as Dave Canales was promoted to passing game coordinator. He was the previous quarterback coach. Brennan Carroll elevated to the run game coordinator. So you got a passing game coordinator, running game coordinator, and uh, and so they're going to be the ones helping Brian Schottenheimer out. What is Schottenheimer doing then? If it's a run game coordinator and a passing game coordinator, I don't know how these positions work, Ross. <laughs> we, we need someone with some uh, knowledge on these things to know. I want to know what Brian Schottenheimer actually what does. does he what actually do? Yeah. yeah, I guess he's the one that says, "Okay, I need to play from Dave, or I need to play from Brennan." So, <laughs> yeah. quick, someone get on the headset. Yeah. Let's see. Other than that, the one other interesting thing that jumped out to me from uh, the article up on field goals was that Nick Sorensen, the secondary coach, has now been his title has changed to secondary coach and nickel specialist. Hmm. Okay, so he's, he's literally just coaching Hugo Amadi. I don't understand why you have to change the secondary coach to then also. Yeah, wouldn't the secondary include uh, the nickel <laughs> defensive back position if you're the defensive backs coach? Yeah, it seems weird, but you'd, maybe you'd, it's a signal. You'd like to assume so. Maybe it's a signal, Ross, yeah. that uh, they yeah. are taking this whole nickel defense thing. They're shifting it back toward that now. Yeah, nickel specialist. So yeah, he's the the secondary coach, but Amadi's getting all of the time. Really, <laughs> that's where slightly his focus is. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about how the sports world was impacted, uh, just not having sports in general with the the coronavirus and COVID nineteen and. How, how are things going over in the UK for you, Ross? Just in general? It's, well, it's like a world war is happening. It, the, the country's gone mad. I work in the supermarket and people are 
genuinely fighting over packs of toilet rolls. It's Okay, it's so ridiculous. that's not just a U.S. phenomenon, apparently. No, no, no. That's uh, it's definitely uh, over here. I um, I, I restock the shelves for a living. I put out loads of san- uh, hand sanitizer, and, and we opened the shop at uh, seven o'clock in the morning. And by five past, it had all sold out. Wow, people are just buying ridiculous amounts of uh, just stockpiling stuff, and it's, it's crazy. I'm not. I don't. I don't know if it's just me, but I'm not concerned by this at all. I think it's just a, a cold, and if I'm not. I'm a healthy man in my mid thirties. I don't really seem to have any issues with this. Oh yeah, yeah. I can understand staying home, not wanting to spread it around, but the idea of, yeah. of going nuts with uh, hoarding toilet paper that that seems a little overkill. <laughs> I I do have a pro tip though, Ross, for okay. people over in the UK. Anybody having trouble finding tissue paper, uh, you go yeah. with Kleenex. It's yeah, really easy to find Kleenex everywhere, but uh, not toilet paper. I, that seems like a solid no brainer backup to me. Yeah, I mean. Worst comes to worst, everyone's got a shower. I mean, that's <laughs> that's how some European countries do it anyway. Yeah. Kitchen towel, kitchen towel with a bit of water on, damp down, that work as well. I mean, there's no, there's no issues with this. Stop hoarding toilet paper, you weirdos. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird, weird times. So we will see. <laughs> we will see coming up this week if the NFL does decide to delay free agency and what that could mean if they keep the the ability for teams to negotiate with players ahead of the free agency, the actual start of free agency, if that stays put. So a lot to see what will happen just coming up in the next 24 hours or so. Uh, Ross, really want to thank you for coming on and joining and and talking a little bit about uh, the CBA and uh, things ahead of free agency. If people want to check out your show, uh, where do they go to do it? Uh, you can find us on iTunes on all the good uh, podcast places. Uh, just look for First and Ten, the NFL show. Um, we do. We're on a bit of a down time at the minute because there's not much happening, um, but we will be back, and we're, we're planning to kind of steal your model slightly and go for almost daily shows, um, just little 10, 15 minute shows. Things are happening from all around the league. Um, yeah, it's good fun. Uh, First and Ten podcast the nfl show be sure and check it out follow ross on twitter as well at ross bell 1984 and you can subscribe to this show sbnation.com slash nfl podcast if you want to help support the show glow.fm forward slash flock you can go there to support on either a one-time or recurring basis and there's going to be lots more to come here in this coming week especially if free agency goes on as expected and with that we're going to get on out of here until next time go hawks Go Hawks!